Welcome to Milk Duds Podcast, Trump Appeal. Welcome to the Milk Duds Podcast. How you guys doing today? Hey man, it's a good day. It's a good day. Uh, it's a good day on, on this side of the earth anyway, right? Hey, hey, look, man, that's what they say, man. That's how we was talking about in the uh, you know, pre in the pre-production call. You old as hell. That's something my old nigga would say. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is. Um, but I, I wanted to get directly to our topic. Now, I want to preface okay. the question with uh, these two articles. The first article comes from the Wall Street Journal. And it says, hundreds of companies that got stimulus aid have failed. And we're not talking about regular companies. They're talking about companies that got as much as a half a billion dollars from the government. And they still filed for bankruptcy and going out of business. The second article was something that I put in a group chat uh, the other day for you guys. And that was from, one second, I got to find it, sorry. That was the Airbnb article. And where it said 1.4 million people refused to... Uh, check that they would not discriminate against their renters um, and so they were kicked out of the or denied the Airbnb uh, platform. Okay so so we we looking at um, I would say a couple a couple of different things um, a couple of different branches. Uh, okay from, but I'm going to tie it all together. Okay my bad. Oh, um, oh my bad. Yeah. And, and, and then I, I, so I preface the fact that we have, you know, many of the companies that received a half a billion dollars or more. I mean, in order to get a half a billion dollars, you got to be a big boy, right? This ain't no mom and pop shops. So they're going out of business. We got 1.4 million people saying that they want to be a part of you know, renting their home to people for vacation properties. However, they don't want to discriminate. And then we have 71 million people, record-breaking numbers, voting for President Donald Trump. My question is, what has Trump given them to, make, to earn their vote in that record of number? I mean, I don't think it's about so I think a lot of people have talked about uh, Trump either being some strategic mastermind or being a bumbling idiot. And I think uh, both of those takes are, if not incorrect, incomplete. So you've got a situation where um, I've heard this phrase a lot over the last few years uh, where he's going hunting where the ducks are. And so when you got a situation that uh, people, and I know we talked about that this in, in the group chat, uh, but if you got a situation where uh, this, this country was really created for uh, white people that own property and everybody else could kind of get in where they fit in. Um, and over time, the franchise has expanded and who gets to call themselves a citizen has expanded. 
And, you know, those types of things have expanded. Uh, but one thing that has, it has never really fully expanded is uh, to include black people, uh, which in blackness has a structural location in the political economy um, of not just this country or society, but in you know kind of the global order. And to restate that in a different way, um, you know the the premise of what we have, uh, I believe it was uh, Derek Bell who talked about the permanence of of uh, blackness. In, in in within like a racial capitalist uh, type of framework, is that um, there's a there is a class of individuals who are marked by their skin, um, who provide a certain level of a level of worth to society, to the economy, so on and so forth. Uh, but they are constantly stripped of all their value. And so that's something that when you start reading off these numbers, like none of these things are surprising to me because the whole thing is based off of everybody else benefiting uh, from what racialized people are actually contributing uh, to this entire economy and to the body politic. And so when you're looking at this whole scenario, I think it's only uh, it's essential to understand the overall dynamics um, and to just look at history over the last, uh, you know, uh, damn, uh, we're, we're getting up there now. I mean, 200, you know, <laughs> some years or what have you. Oh, snap. Got, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special guest in the building. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all owe me money, man. Hey, you got I got your five dollars, bro. Y'all owe me money. Oh man. Oh and I got and I got your crab ball. You know. Bump y'all, man. I am the Pied Piper of getting Jamal riled up. Oh, man. So and, and ladies and gentlemen, this is why basketball was created. <laughs> Forget y'all, man. Uh, as an economic engine of the white man to both be entertained. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, um, you probably, you guys probably know that you know Jamal hasn't been with us lately, and so the the running joke was that we were going to show him, tell him that we were talking about basketball in a group chat, and then he magically appeared. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome, brother Jamal. How are you? I'm blessed, man. How y'all doing? I'm good, brother. Great, man. Um, if you so guys here, you want we will pivot to basketball, but initially we want to get um, the rest of this out, if that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, we want to let's swing back. Let's we'll swing back to basketball since Jamal is here now, and we can always come back and pick up on the central theme. Okay. So so yeah. So just um, just you know, kind of a couple la uh, a few last thoughts on that. And so with that, when you're talking about what happened with the see this I'm, this I'm gonna pull it all together for you, Corey, okay. since you put it all together for us at the front end. When you talk about the fact that country that companies basically sucked out hundreds of billions in you know to in some measures 
uh, trillions of dollars directly from the economy. Um, and it's gone and it's been a, basically a, a wealth transfer to private individuals and to private companies or what have you. Um, and when you connect that to uh, Airbnb situation that you brought up, where certain people was like, hey, look, matter of fact, we don't even want to be held accountable for our own views and the way that we see people because we want to be able to do this on our own terms. Uh, when you look at that, plus the what'd you say, seventy-one million people is that the is that pretty much the final count? Plus that, 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 that voted President for Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. What what I see is a through line that says this country was created for white for the benefit of who is to be considered white white people in this country and that the economic benefits are theirs and they're prioritized first and that anybody else if you just so happen to have a chance to you know make it that's cool but what we're seeing i think is another you know four years uh has passed since van jones said it was a white lash you know uh, but what i what what i think what we're seeing is that people are like hey look, not this your is honor <laughs> what what I, what I think we're saying is you know kind of like people saying hey look the the originalist argument for reading the constitution is is a is a racist white supremacist way of framing and saying this is ours we deserve this and we deserve to get the first benefit even if other people do get anything out of it but you know what i yield my time i'm sure Des uh, and Jamal I, might have additional comments. Yes, uh, but I, I just I just have a question. So when I look at the neighborhood that I currently live in, uh, middle class neighborhood, um, it's mixed. I would say it's probably maybe twenty percent black, five uh, percent other, seventy five percent white. They all they don't have more than I have, right? So what is the appeal? They don't have more than you have in regards to what? Finances? Uh, as far as financially or, um, you know, in, in general, it's like, what, what is the appeal to say, you know, what has Trump, what has he done in these last four years to earn their vote? If the economy is bad, if jobs are, you know, slashing at record numbers, um, we can't have Thanksgiving, we can't have Christmas, you know, restaurants are shuttering. Um, as I said, my, my friend is in Texas right now um, on COVID assignment. And she is one of 50 people that was flown out this week. They have four hospitals and a convention center currently being used um, with hospital beds. So what has he done in these four years to say, you know what, he deserved my vote? It's, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's ignorance and ignorance is bliss and it's also based off of fear. And so whether they want to admit it or not, they are scared of what black people will do if we get if, if if we're giving anything i think also they we are not that far removed from a time when the views um of most trump supporters um were commonplace right so the so let's say your neighbors right so you're what 40 what well, 40 what Corey? 46 45 so, 40, so that's so 45 meaning your grandparents and their grandparents never ate at the same restaurants, never went to the same schools, 
never did anything, right? So they were raised to believe that what Donald Trump is talking about is the right thing, regardless of how well they're doing financially. Hmm. And so their core, so because you got to think about right, we were all raised by parents, and we all still have views that our parents have uh, infused in us and conditioned us to agree with that might not always be the right thing that might not always benefit us that might not always be <clears throat> you know the best for those we deal with and interact with but we still hold those beliefs hold on to those beliefs regardless right mm -hmm. they, they're just they're they're within us this is the same thing with most trump supporters regardless of if it makes sense or if it or if it is beneficial to them even themselves the belief system that has been ingrained within them still forces them to align with things he says. <clears throat> and even if they don't, too many of their friends do, and so they're not gonna be the odd man out. Agreed. I would also offer a slightly different take on that, which is going back to your initial question, Corey, which is what has he done for them? And I would say a lot. And what I mean by that is I don't mean that facetiously. If you think about it, Trump has been very surgically precise about delivering to his base. Um, he's over the last four years, he's delivered over $21 billion in aid or what I would call corporate welfare to farms and farmers in the United States. Uh, one of the worst kept secrets in U.S. politics is there's a reason why the Republicans own the agricultural and rural base of America. And the reason for that is because they funnel so much federal funds into subsidizing farms and farmers. And what I mean by that is we're not just talking about, you know, factory farmers, we're talking about even small farmers, the average uh, wealth, the average wealth of a farmer in the United States is $800,000, uh, which is 10 times what the average wealth of an American is in the United States. So basically you have the average farmer in America is doing a lot better and a lot more prone to be a client for uh, the Lehman Brothers or Merrill Lynch than an average American is. Uh, on top of that, Trump has done very well at delivering the kind of psychic blows to liberals who are the defined enemies of conservatives. So every time he said something racist or misogynistic or homophobic or jingoistic or uh, uh, xenophobic, it has ignited his base. And there's actually something, a, a psychological phenomenon that W.E.B. Du Bois talked about, which is called the psychic wage of whiteness. So for these folks that Jamal had mentioned before, who are only two generations removed from a time where white, you know, bold-faced white supremacy was du jour, um, it actually hearkens to the attitude of make America great again, because in their eyes, America was great when you had the ability to physically assault a black person in public or murder him. And law enforcement was either complicit or turned the other way. Uh, so to see this return to uh, <laughs> this blatant and overt racism and xenophobia 
is, you know, heartwarming to a lot of these folks. And so I say that and to put this in a compartment. So Trump has been very good at surgically providing aid to the people who need it the most, his, his biggest constituents being the military, the police, and then also farmers. But then outside of that, he hasn't really done anything for white folks. And I get your point. So I'm circling back around to your point, uh, Corey, which is for the rank and file white person, he hasn't done anything for them. But if you understand white supremacy, white supremacy, just like misogyny, is a pyramid scheme. And if you understand, any, if you understand anything about a pyramid scheme, it is propped up by tons and tons of the rank and file who put the leaders of the company on this pedestal because everybody in the company wants to be the people who are the leaders of the company. So everybody who is white, or not to say everybody's white, but there are tons of white people who look to Donald Trump as an icon because they want the freedom to be able to say and do the things that he does with impunity and irreverence because they want to get to that level of power to be that cruel. So don't underestimate the psychic wage of whiteness because it has maintained power even after the South lost the Civil War. So think about that. The South lost the Civil War and they still gained the victory in terms of, uh, of a psychic victory of the people who lived and inhabited this part of the country. Des, I'm so glad that you brought up uh, power because I think that's important. Freedom and power, I think, are, are two things that are very important in this conversation. And so uh, from a freedom perspective, uh, I think it's, it's always interesting for me to look at the, um, the Louisiana Purchase. I can't remember the exact year. I think it was 1803, something like that. Uh, the the uh, single largest purchase of uh, land in US history. And you can put purchase in air quotes if you want, just because um, you know, these were uh, <laughs> large swaths of land um, that were, you know, occupied by sovereign nations, um, but they were claimed by others. Uh, and so you have that, uh, you fast forward uh, 30 years or so, and then you have the Indian Removal Act. And if you fast an forward another 30 years, there's the Homestead Act, okay? And so when you look at that, and this is all before uh, you know, the abolition of slavery and Abraham Lincoln signed the Homestead Act. So what, <laughs> what type of nation is, is um, created around um, this Wild West cowboy shit where you can go and wherever it is, you can stake your claim, like that's yours. <laughs> like however much it is you can handle, you know, where there's some rules around it, uh, not really, I mean, <laughs> You just go and you stake your claim. And that's a part of what you were talking about, Des, when you talk about the psychic wage of whiteness, like with the pyramid scheme, like there's always, when you look at anything, including uh, corporations, growth is always up and to the right. Nobody ever says, hey, look, next year we're gonna have a down year, but we'll bounce back in 2022. Uh, because if you do, then the investors will, will short your shit, you know? They will say, hey, look, I'm gonna put my money somewhere else that's gonna sell me these, this rosy dream of uh, you know, growth, unlimited continuous growth. And I think what these people have when you're looking at 
uh, freedom. That's why it made sense to buy into it in the first place. It, you know, from, from what I see, it's right. If uh, we can get on this train, like, like dad said, it was like the multi-level marketing. Like all we got to do is just do what they did. And if, if we don't become the guy on stage, at least we'll be his right-hand man or whatever. Right. And so you, you have that mentality, but what you really have on, on the other hand is the power to be able to determine like, who is this for? Uh, what are the rules? Who, are, who is this for and who's allowed to do whatever they want to do? And that power is a real thing, because if you look at the difference between uh, having real wealth and capital and just having money, it's being able to be able to make your own terms. And so, you know, kind of is I'm glad we're going to talk about uh, the NBA a little bit because I'm, I'm very excited about uh, things uh, popping off, but in you know the last few years, I, I heard Howard Bryant say that um, when he interviewed Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo Anthony said, "Yeah, well, you know, we're uh, we're basically uh, changing the power structure of the NBA uh, because now we have so much money. You can see, um, you know, that these guys are um, they're scared of what we can do, basically, because you know they become it's not just one Michael Jordan; it's hella guys that have." hundreds of millions of dollars and a lot of sway. And so at the time, Howard Bryan was like, you know, he agreed with it. But then I just saw, uh, heard an interview uh, a few weeks ago where he was like, yo, he doesn't agree with that because if they did, then they could do, they could have done whatever the hell they wanted to do, uh, you know, from, from an NBA uh, strike standpoint, you know? That's it. At the end of the That's day, it. like they make a lot of money, but they're still workers like the rest of us, you know? It, and I think that that's something that, um, we should we we have to consider uh, because what we have I think in a lot of times like what you were saying Corey like okay well um, you know it seems that many of us have more of the quote unquote American dream than them right but money don't mean shit by itself right we can't even determine the like what what our money means outside of if the four of us agree that you know this is what it's worth the full weight of the American government. That's what um, the color of the color of money uh, with uh, Mercer, Mercer Baradaran. That's what that's something that everybody should read uh, because she talks about why uh, black capitalism actually has not worked. It's because it's just money. And the thing that we don't, I think a lot of people don't see either willingly or unconsciously is that it is just money. And what for us, it would, it would say, hey, look, that would solve a lot of our issues. But for them, they are willing to forego money to maintain power. And so when we're looking at how can we solve these things, um, I know uh, Claude Anderson is real popular, what have you. Uh, but if you look at how he came up in the game, it makes sense that he has a more conservative view and a more capitalistic view of how we actually achieve power. But I believe his theories have been, um, you know, kind of disproven over time. Like we have to exercise our power as a people as together to be able to make change because that's what they're doing right now. They actually, you pointed it out, Corey, a lot of these folks don't have money. They don't have anything. But what they have is a collective will to be able to impose power on other people. And that's what I think we're seeing with the 71 million that voted for Trump. And quite frankly, I think that's what we're seeing with 
uh, so many people that said Biden is the guy rather than somebody that might have a more progressive outlook in a way to share the wealth and the way to share the benefits of a prosperous society. Right. So that's why I think that, that's kind of what I think we're looking at. But That's dope, bro. I, I love it, man. I got more to say about that, but I know we got to pivot back to the sports segment to make it a little bit lighter.